0: Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to what I can offer you as a master coach. I can help you to focus on your why with clarity, uniting your passion with your purpose with a plan to create the life you truly desire. Book a free 20-minute coaching call right now via calendly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson forward slash call and we can take it from there. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Simon Haig. Welcome, Simon. Hello there. Well, it's an absolute privilege to finally have you on the show. We've been talking about this for several months and here you are. So really excited to hear what it is you've been up to and what is it you're doing right now?
1: Well, I've just come back from uh, an extended holiday in Canada, uh, which has just been an amazing experience. And just trying to get back into work, really.
0: And extended in what way?
1: Um, There's a bit of sightseeing, but also spent a week uh, canoeing in the middle of nowhere which is just, I can't really describe it apart from a real back-to-nature experience, ranging from canoeing through very, very still lakes with mirror-like qualities, uh, all the way through to um, not tackling the bears, but being aware that there was bears around that you had to deal with potentially going to bed with bear spray, not hairspray, bear spray. So it's, yeah, it's quite an experience.
0: I love that. So you don't get bed hair, do you, with your bear spray?
1: No, no, not at all, not at all. Although, you know, anything is possible with my hair.
0: So I just want to ask a couple of questions. You you said back to nature experience. Has nature been something that you have moved away from, or is that just a generic term that you use there?
1: I think... I've always been close to nature. Ever since I was a young lad, I, I was involved in scouting when I was growing up. We spent a lot of time outdoors, walking, uh, doing some canoeing, climbing mountains, that sort of stuff. And even with my young family, we, we, we did some outdoor stuff, nature, scuba, that sort of stuff. So it's always been there. But certainly over the last three years when we've been battling COVID and we've been locked in our house not really being able to leave the country it has suffered a bit the first 12 months you could go out for walks by yourself for your for your one daily exercise i probably extended that a bit going out for walks of five six seven eight miles at a time and just taking in maybe the canals and the herons that flying across the canals so it's something that was there but it the experience of Canada and certainly where we were, which was in the Alongquin National Park, was just on a completely different level.
0: And you mentioned that the lakes had mirror-like qualities. Was it the fact that they were clear or did they reflect something for you?
1: What a great question that is. So they were quite deep, quite a few of the lakes, but they were crystal clear to look into so you could see um, some fish swimming around we saw a, a snapping turtle at one stage as well when we went down one of the, one of the canals not the canals, a, a small waterway uh, which was just an incredible experience to see this prehistoric looking animal but when you looked across the top of the lake then you got the reflection of the trees you got the beautiful sky um, we're very fortunate we had blue sky over there with a few puffy clouds occasionally And that reflection just made the space even more incredible. We took loads and loads of pictures. I think when I was looking yesterday, we've taken 1,200 pictures. Um, But none of them do it justice. None of them allow us to look at the beautiful planet we look in in the right way. It's just so expansive. It's so beautiful. It's so unspoiled in places.
0: So in the right way, what does that mean?
1: I think it's with appreciation. Uh, We often run very, very fast. Um, We're running businesses. A lot of us are. Maybe it's our own businesses. Maybe we work into businesses. Maybe we're responsible for teams, directorates, or whatever. But usually what we're trying to achieve is something which means we need to work fast. We need to be working um, against maybe... Key performance indicators—those horrible words—and those sort of things potentially enable us and give us permission to miss some of the stuff that's going on around us. Um, so, so being able to just stop and take in some of the beauty of what this nature was providing us really was a bit grounding. It, it sort of allowed us to and gave us permission to just stop and be grateful for what we had.
0: And why did you feel you needed that permission, Simon?
1: I think it's, um, it's a case it enabled us to. I don't think it was permission, so to speak. I think it enabled us to. We get into habits, don't we? We look at what we're doing. I mean, I'm a coach like yourself. Um, I work with people, helping them to be better at what they do, be aware of what's going on around them. I have finished one coaching assignment and I pick up with the next one at the same time as a small business running the marketing, at the same time as a small business running social media, at the same time as a small business pushing out the invoices, collecting the money in, doing the banking accounts and all the rest of that sort of stuff. So when you start looking at filling your diary, it's a very, very easy thing to do with maybe some things which are not necessarily your skill set. But being able to take yourself away from that just enables you to say, okay, this is stuff that I want to carry on doing. This is stuff that I need to be putting out to other people to do. So I think it's it's a really, really important um, segue into perhaps next chapter.
0: And what does that next chapter look like for you?
1: Oh, so exciting. <laughs> so, so exciting. There's three things that I'm working on at the moment. I'm building a, a marketing business with a friend. Uh, We started that up in November last year, uh, and we're running that at the same time as running our coaching businesses, but we're coming to it from a coaching approach, uh, which I think is quite quite fun. i also got coaching development groups, which I'm running with people. I've got a couple of groups running at the moment, and I want to get another couple up, up and running before January, February next year. And this is all about bringing people in and giving them that space to really expand their own understanding about who they are when they turn up as a coach with their clients to be able to just explore things which are getting in the way for, of them. So, so very similar, like I was doing when I was looking at the lake and the reflections, being able to provide a space where the coaches can look at their practice and reflect on their practice, which I think is so, so important. And um, The final area, the third area, is also about um, my direct clients where I'm working with my my wonderful, wonderful customers. Um, I just love work. It's a privilege. Um, I know you work with, with clients as well, Amy, and it, it's just wonderful when we're working with our clients and we see some of the breakthroughs that they make, see some of the changes they put in or some of the stabilizing factors that they introduce into their organization or into the area that they work in. So I want to be doing more of that, which means, in essence, putting more marketing out there, getting more known and doing more podcasts.
0: And how does purpose feature in your work, Simon?
1: I had a script prepared for this one, but now you want to ask it in this context. It's just completely thrown me. Um, I think that purpose became more focused for me When I left the corporate world. So I I left a large telecoms provider in 2008 um, to do a full time MBA at uh, Midlands University. And it was during that time that I really found out a bit more about me, about what my motivation was, not through sort of Maslow's hierarchy of needs or XY theory, Hertzberg or human givens or anything like that but really deep down what my priorities in life were going to be. Um, that was further compounded when I started some of my coach training after I decided to go into coaching. Um, we were asked, okay, so why do you want to be a coach? And it's that absolutely beautiful question, which is just so open-ended. And there's a lot of debate about it. There was some people in the room who wanted to help others. There's other people who wanted to provide a space to rescue people. And that was a really interesting conversation when we we had that. Uh, For me, it's very much about providing an area where people can grow. That's my purpose. Um, It's providing a space where people can help themselves to move themselves forward. I don't believe in handing answers to people on a plate, but I, I want to enable people to do stuff maybe buy some gifts that i can give them in terms of content or um, holding that challenge for them or well, that curiosity um, curious is a beautiful word it's it enables us to just dig deep into what's going on for that individual um, in a non-threatening type of way but in a highly progressive and light bulbish type way
0: and what's important to you about growth
1: yeah um, it's not just about wealth. It's not just about pound notes. It's not just about an individual. Um, I came across, again, when I was doing my MBA, I had to write, write something on it. There's, there's a guy called Umar Haik who wrote for Harvard Business Review, and he pulled together a book called Betterness. And if, if nobody's read it, I would certainly advise having a read of it. And explain explained the difference between uh, the Industrial Revolution approach on wealth generation which in essence was about consumption leveraging consumption and wealth associated with that um, to a new way of thinking about growth which captures social growth it captures personal growth intellectual growth community growth there is a bit of wealth growth that goes on in there as well but it's about those key areas which is just so important and if you get the balance right for all of that, then personally, I feel that that's a good outcome. It's not all about me. It's not all about my bank balance. It's not all about my clients' bank balances or their individual performance. It's about how they impact other people who they work with, how they inspire people, how they lead people, how they enable people to do just amazing things. And that to me is the purpose why I'm here.
0: So if you had to describe yourself, Simon, and say who is Simon and what do you stand for, what is it that is the legacy that you are looking to create and, by the sounds of things, already creating?
1: Sure. So the word enablement comes into it. Um, I've been very lucky in my life um, through corporate experiences. Sure, there's been some hardships as well. Um, There's been some hard places to work and hard experiences, but there's also been some incredibly good places as well. Um, And being aware of those and helping people to understand how they're experiencing things, which may not necessarily be as good, can be good for them. So there's a bit about the enablement stuff. So, for example, I was heavily involved in scouting until September last year. I was a chair of Solihull Scouts. A part of my role there was to help the county commissioner um, build a structure for the 2,000 scouts that we had in county and the five, six, seven, eight hundred leaders that we had to enable that to deliver a great scouting experience. Now for me that's a really important thing to do is about putting something back into the system which is a voluntary type role it's providing a governance structure so that the whole of the county could work in a safe way move with the times regulations change and all this sort of stuff which you need to be aware of so that sort of that sort of change for me is actually really important the other thing that was really important is also being aware that I'm only effective in doing what I was doing for a certain period of time. So at the start, I said, okay, I'll do it for three years. I was aware that at the end of three years, maybe interest could change, or I could become bloody boring. I'll be at the old worn record in the corner saying the same thing. So it was incredibly important for me to set myself a mission to then exit and allow somebody else to pick it up. Because they would then bring with them new ideas, new ways of working, which could then be insightful for the team again. So it's part of that progression.
0: So I've noted a few words that I feel have sort of risen to the surface here in our conversation. And those have been growth, curiosity, betterness, enablement, reflection, grounding and evolution. And just last then was progression. If I had to guess your values, I would say they would definitely be a part of of who you are and and what you stand for. But do you have your own values defined?
1: I think I have a picture of what I'm after. It's interesting, actually, something I was on a podcast. I was listening to a podcast yesterday. There's another podcast called The Marketing Meetup. Uh, I'm not sure if you come across that with Joe Glover and the marketing meetup team. And they had a speaker on who was talking about a marketing approach and a marketing plan and was saying that whatever they do, they need to leave 20% wiggle room. So that really struck a chord with me. And I'll explain a bit more about why it struck a chord in a second. But that idea that maybe we've got quite a lot of what we're about set, okay, so about... Um, enabling people helping people to take best advantages they possibly can do of the situation which may be beyond just pure wealth community and all that stuff but there is also stuff which is changing within our world like we have seen over the last three years if we are rigid in our approach if we're rigid in our value set then my thoughts are that actually we may not necessarily be able to cope with some of the stuff that is going on around us so we need to be able to flex sometimes how we approach those values. Maybe able to, like a, like a sound desk, can you remember the old sound desk that we used to have when you went to a disco or a band, see a band playing? yeah. They had these sliders, these potentiometers, which you can move up and down, slide up and down. I think our values and who we are are a bit like that. We need to be able to adapt to what's got around us. But there is a baseline, there is a base level, which we will not go below yeah so if we're talking about enabling others that's really core to what i'm about i want to enable people to do great things i believe that communities can do that greater than maybe just an individual if we can get people working better together so for me that is quite high and so that slide on that sound desk is not going to be as great as maybe some of the other ones
0: yeah, it's a great metaphor for sure, and, and it's talking about the potential that you're enabling people to release, and for whatever reason, they may not be exhibiting it, and, and you're there as a facilitator to help them to show what they're capable of.
1: Yeah, yeah, I absolutely go along with that. Um, Sometimes people have it within their gift that they can do this, Um Sometimes they need a bit of courage to be able to make the changes that they need to change. Sometimes it's not within their gift and they need to rely on other people to release them. But if I can help people become aware of what they want to be doing, then that's really important to me. I think I don't know whether you've come across uh, Mark Manson's got a saying, which. um, What motivates us is something that makes us forget to eat and poop. I don't know if you come across that. It's just, such yeah. a, it's just such a lovely saying because that, I think, is what it's like. That's what it's like when we're in flow. That's what it's like when we're doing the thing that we absolutely love and we want to engage with. We forget to eat and we forget to poop and then wonder at the end of the day, well, no, I won't go there. <laughs> no it, you,
0: it's it's been it's, mentioned before it's been mentioned before it was sky kilji in his episode who right at the beginning of my of my podcast he talks about this and i've talked about flow talked about mahali yeah. misentali and his work of mm. of understanding flow is is flow is something that's key to you and key to understanding when you're in it or out of it
1: i think flow is um that that's the utopia i think that's the utopia for all of us and maybe I'll be a bit controversial. If I was in flow all the time, I think I'll be ineffective. I, I was working with a coach a few years ago. It must be about four years ago. And one of the things we identified was my mind is chaotic. So when your mind is chaotic and it's coming up with lots and lots of different ideas, lots of different approaches, you're being entrepreneurial in some of your thoughts and all this sort of stuff, then sometimes being in flow can be limiting. So one of the things we introduced which worked really, really well, was something called chaos time. (laughs) And it was a case, when do I need to be most chaotic in a day? Well, I identified that between 11 and 12 o'clock in the morning is actually a really good time for me to be chaotic. I got out my big pens. Uh, if, if this is on video, I've, I've just on the right here. I've got this thing of big pens. You can see it. Okay, <laughs> there you go. I've got my big pens, my big crayons, and I get my big p- pads of paper out and I draw for an hour on these big cray- whatever's going through my mind. And that was release. Now was that flow? Probably not, because I had no idea where it was going to go it could have been flow because I didn't know where it was going to go and maybe they didn't know where it was going to go was actually the flow that was being created I don't know but it was a wonderful release because that enabled me to capture some of those ideas some of those chaotic thoughts I had going through my mind and with some of them do stuff with it that's where the coaching development group came from it was just this crazy idea And I thought, that's maybe not as crazy as I thought it was and tested it out. And I think um, maybe group six, seven, maybe next year, something like that in a few years, which is wonderful. And people are coming back. They've done it for a year. and They come back in and they go for it again. Those sort of things are really, really powerful. And then you then you lay a tech over the top of that, which is another fascination of mine. And you say, okay, so how's artificial intelligence going to be working with us? How's VR going to be working with us in the future? How's that going to inspire us and release us to be able to do maybe incredible things? Don't know what the answer to that is yet, but I'm still playing.
0: I love I love the idea of chaos time. I think it's a fantastic idea. And it, in essence, it's, it's being free of thought, but it's having that time to think and understanding the the way that our ideas connect because a lot of what we do is it can be quite rigid but to allow the freedom of seeing different ideas sit next to each other there was a really good marketing tool that I heard called a morphological box where you just map out lots of ideas in a grid but then you sort of draw connections to things that would necessarily you wouldn't have put together yeah. which is a fantastic idea.
1: It's super. It's superb, and if you can take that to the next level and you start thinking about stuff which may not necessarily be in the grid, um, and you're drawing dotted lines into stuff which is maybe in the third dimension, sat behind it, that is, that's mind-blowing. Yeah. You start You start connecting things together, which can make tomorrow's iPhone. How liberating would that be? How how much could that do for the community of people we have around us? so yeah my brain's exploding it it, you know you go away on holiday you come back and go wow that's that's dangerous for the people around me (laughs) because i just got no idea what's going to get connected when
0: i wonder how your brain was when you were working in a corporate environment was it did you feel you were stifled or did you have freedom to explore
1: to a certain extent um i think it depended on the job role that i was doing so um in one job role i was working this going back to the 90s show my age here um, we were working with a company to increase the mill speeds of making ch- uh, stainless steel tubes and one of the things uh, that the welding engineer came up with was using a slightly different welding gas forgive me if this is going stupidly technical but we could put more heat into a weld, which meant that the the metal melted quicker which meant we could turn up the speed on the mill. So by changing a gas, which just happened to be more expensive as well, we could actually add um, about 25% increase in speed on the productivity of the mill, which easily outweighed what the gas cost was going to be. So in that sort of situation, yes, absolutely. I was, I was able to sort of explore those different ideas and come up with um, different solutions for different people. Um, but other organisations were a bit more rigid. Um, I remember um, it was another area of that same business where I was asked to go and negotiate a, a contract with um, some scrap merchants in the black country. Listen... Let's be real here. These guys are absolutely fantastic, amazing people, and their word is their bond. Why would I want to go and sign a contract with these guys? Because these guys would just shake your hand and that was their word. That they were not going to go against it. So there was some flexibility, but there was some rigidity.
0: And what you've just shared with me there, what I see from those two examples is the ability to extract technical, scientific, and also human approaches but show that you've got an innovative frame of thinking that you are not afraid to fail that you're inquisitive and it comes back to that curiosity again yeah
1: i'll go along with that um, back in 2014 I, I set a set up a innovation business with a good friend ian um, we called it think share create because it was literally that it was about collaboration um, and we built a platform it's an online platform where people from around the world would come in and share ideas. We had crazy ideas in there, such as, okay, the water goes down the road in a pipe. Wouldn't it be amazing if we put uh, a transformer inside the pipe, which fed off the flow of water going down the pipe, which could then power the LED lamps on the streets? So we don't need a national grid of electricity going into our streetlights. Crazy little ideas like that now practically probably it wasn't going to be efficient. Ceramic coupling around a pipe probably doesn't work, but we're coming up with those sort of ideas, and we're feeding into people who are outside of the area. We're coming up with why not? Why don't we have a solar farm? So you live down a a road, you've got ten people who are next to you. You all agree, let's put solar panels in. What you do is you don't take it as an individual. You say what we do is we'll share it. So as a collective. First of all, we get a reduction because we've got more buying power, if 10 of us are doing it. And second thing is we become quite an entity with regards to the local grid and potentially we could even go off grid. So we're coming up with those sort of ideas eight, nine, 10 years ago um, about what to do. So unfortunately, when we tried to monetize it, it didn't go anywhere. So although we we closed the business down, we didn't leave we didn't leave any debts with anybody. It washed its face, we exited it. Um, equably and it was a good experience but it demonstrates that actually we need to test things out we need to try things we need to do things if we want to move ourselves forward
0: and going off grid having that element of sustainability and you you started this whole conversation talking about getting back to nature yeah and 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 taking so more responsibility in in our environment and understanding you know what our roles are moving forward what is your role in terms of supporting the environment and the world that you live in
1: and this is really interesting i think probably a month ago i couldn't have answered that question i probably can't answer it completely now but i do know one thing um that experience in algonquin national park where i was immersed in that beauty where i was immersed in that clear water um, with nature that's something we need to protect and therefore the way that i do my business needs to alter to reflect some of that and i need to be sharing some of those thoughts and those ideas so for example if you need to use paper use paper that's got an fsc stamp on it fsc basically being that it's been ecologically sourced it could be recycled so in essence you're you are working with sustainability you recognize that you're not going to be able to eliminate it completely but you're working with a sustainable solution. One of the things I need to do is I need to replace my IT kit because, okay, I'm on Windows. Everybody's on Macs, yeah? Or a load of people are on Macs. I'm not. I'm on Windows. Um, Windows has just gone from Windows 10 to Windows 11. This PC that I'm talking on does not support Windows 11. And I was just thinking, okay, I'll just go and build my own like I did with the one down here at the moment. But now I've come back and I thought, well... I need to think about how I can make this more sustainable, how I can reduce the amount of energy footprint that this is having. Now, it's only a small thing, but if I can do a small thing and then shout about it, then that'll make a big difference as well. If I can um, think about different ways of using the energy in our house or start to talk to partners about that, then that'd be brilliant, be superb. I'm not talking about becoming a an ecology coach or anything like that I think there's a really important thing about just being aware of what our footprint is I'm not just talking about saying okay for every pound that I make a profit on I'm going to plant a tree because it's it's not a tick box exercise that you need to be actively involved and you need to be understanding what that means I went to a conference about it was back in June and the conference had about 500 people and somebody stood at the front and they said, well, thank you, everybody, for coming. Thank you for um, agreeing to meet up in person. For everybody who's here, we're going to plant a tree. Lots and lots of applause. Now, they can buy a tree for 25p, 500 people. It's cost them 100 quid. But no, we need to go bigger than that. We need to be thinking bigger. We need to be thinking what is going to actually impact our carbon footprint more than maybe just planting a tree. So there's lots of things going through my mind at the moment about how that can change, how that impact can change. Um, I'm not completely sure where it's going to go, but it's a good it's a good place to be. Um, and that sustainability thing, that looking after the environment is really, really important. What we're using, packaging, you go to a shop. Am I going to start shopping in a shop that actually has not so much um, plastic in their wrapping? Yeah, I would do. Absolutely would do, will I pay a few pence more for packaging, yes I would do, because it's actually really important to us. So there's a balance of all this stuff so when we started thinking about the Community wealth, this is linking now into the Community wealth, this is about thinking. About my granddaughter which before we came on air, we were talking about her um, about helping to provide a better world for the people who are coming after us. So when we're talking about legacy, I think legacy is not necessarily about what Simon Hague is doing. It's actually about the environment that we're leaving behind us for our ancestors, our, our ancestors to actually take benefit of.
0: And it's interesting that you said that you couldn't have answered that question a month ago. Mm-hmm. Or if, you, if I had asked that question, what the answer would have been? We don't know because you clearly have really experienced as you said, those mirror-like qualities of that lake has been a much deeper reflection than you know, just the aesthetic beauty of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely agree. Those moments in the mornings, um, sort of 6am, 6 6.30 when the sun was coming up and we saw the mist just coming across the lake, it was incredible. And we think about the pollutants that we're putting out there There there's there's nothing that we would it was carry in it was carry out that's that was the camp that we were on It was back to nature we had to put food up a tree to keep it away from bears three meters away from tree three meters up in the air by ropes and stuff all that stuff we had to carry in we had to carry out that is really important when you got um, little chipmunks running around the camp area they look really really cute but they're scavengers so if you fed them, then they will get used to the food that you're feeding them. And because there's only a fixed number of places where you could put a tent up, then they'll get used to that and they'd come back and then you'd start upsetting the ecology. So whilst it looks really nice to say, okay, here's, here's a nut for you or something like that to the chipmunk, no, absolutely not. They've got to get back to nature themselves and they've got to go and they've got to do the scavenging themselves for what they need to live off. So there's, there's a lot of impact there, which we need to think about. It's again, it's coming back to actually I need to hold a space for people to be able to grow, just like holding space for a chipmunk to grow. Um, I need to hold that space within the coaching work that I do to allow people to grow.
0: You mentioned also that it was about not getting into the habits or that we get into habits. So what are the habits that you have caught yourself from going back into after this trip?
1: It's very easy to just sit down at your work desk, just fire up the internet to look at what's going on on LinkedIn, to see what's going on on Facebook. Oh, that looks like a nice course. Shall I go and have a read of that? But there's more going on than that, isn't there, in the world? So for example, right now I've got an oak tree at the end of my garden. And right now, the acorns are dropping. Um, there are pesky little squirrels running around picking up the acorns and making holes in the grass. <laughs> okay. But when you look at it, yes, they're pesky little squirrels, but that's nature. That's the way it goes. Now, I've noticed that had I been running at 200 miles an hour, had I had my potentiometers on, on that sound desk up full for everything, then I wouldn't have noticed it. So I think there's this thing about, actually, let's just increase our own awareness. Let's just increase our understanding about what's going on, maybe the impact that we have around us. And that, that to me, I think is really, really important.
0: It's fascinating. Every day I have a message on my calendar. It's a flip calendar. Mm. And I turned it over today And it seems so relevant. I'm going to share it with you. It was slow down and enjoy life. It's not only the scenery you miss by going too fast. You also miss the sense of where you're going and why. And that was Eddie Cantor, 1892 to 1964. And it just seems really relevant to share that message right now with you.
1: It is. um, Yeah, it is. I think there is a a real big thing about let's just slow down and enjoy the journey. Um, It's great listen i live i live in the west midlands and there's a lot of conversation about hs2 at the moment um hs2 is getting built it's ripping apart the um the ecology around where we are um just because my headline it means we can get to london in 40 minutes i don't care I I love the hour and a half by train when I can take things in I can read a paper or I can I can fire up something and just work on something slowly 40 minutes is too quick now I know that the underlying reason is we need to put more capacity on the rail network I know that's the real reason but let's just slow things down there's a lovely um, coaching exercise called street wisdom have you come across it at all Amy you haven't it's it's certainly worth looking up and if any of the listeners want to have a look at it just, just have a google on street wisdom it's an exercise whereby you can be anywhere and you go through a sequence of activities which slows you right down so you can appreciate the environment that you're in so before covid i ran an exercise in the center of birmingham this this exercise was um it was about, um, we were in the centre of Birmingham by Birmingham Cathedral. And this this exercise, first of all, asks you to walk deliberately and walk very slowly around an environment. Just noticing maybe the patterns, just noticing people, acknowledging people, just nodding at people as you walk past people. Maybe a bit later on, you start noticing the patterns in the pavement. You start noticing the patterns in the grass, patterns on the gravestones, the patterns on the fence rails. Um, and through this sequence of exercise, you become retuned really into the environment you're in. Now, the really cute thing about street wisdom, it then asks you to think about um, maybe a wicked problem that you have. The wicked problem is something which does not have a simple answer. And then ask the environment that you're in to solve it for you. And for me, when you start looking at things with metaphor, you start being able to draw stuff out. Your brain is already working really, really hard. But you can then draw the answer from the environment you're working in. It's just so, so powerful. I probably haven't done any justice whatsoever. So I'll just implore people to have a look at it if they want to. Um, But certainly it's it's a skill which is worthwhile playing with
0: tapping into your senses in whatever way i've done a similar exercise but it was more against just closing your eyes and listening so very similar to what you were doing but tuning in using a different sense of of your body and often you don't hear what's going on you may you may not even see and it, it links back to i had an episode a long time ago with uh, with someone called Simon Pollard and we talked about the senses And he said, one of the things that really struck me is every time you go outside, having been inside, the first thing you instinctively do is breathe in. You don't even notice it, but you go outside and you just breathe, take that big, deep breath of air. And it comes right back to being with nature and and what the body knows instinctively to what it needs to do. And as you said, we do get caught up in the busyness of our life. So it's been a fascinating discussion. I just want to say thank you so much. How could people get in contact with you, Simon?
1: Probably the best way is um, simon at Simonhake.com or check me out on LinkedIn. Uh, it's probably the easiest way of getting hold of me. Um, There are various different business entities which I'm involved in. So you may find me against Where's My Lunch, which is the business. Asima Marketing, which is the marketing business. Uh, The Coach Zone, which is the coach services business. Lots and lots of different fingers in many different pies, which I really just love. But Simon at SimonHague.com would find me.
0: Perfect. Well, I'll make sure that goes in the show notes for anyone who's out and about right now. Simon, it has been an absolute pleasure and I can see that gorgeous canadian lake it just sounds so fantastic so thank you for sharing that with us could you share some final words with the audience please
1: i think for me and i'd implore others to do this as well if we think about what's normal for us that normal nine to five nine to nine six to five whatever day that you do with whoever we're involved Children, whether it involves caring, whether it involves just your job, just think of maybe one additional thing that you can do which could stretch you a bit further. Something which is going to take you out of your comfort zone, something which is going to extend your thinking a bit more. It may be just that you are going to learn a new skill. It could be that you're just going to pick up a book that's been on that shelf. And if you're a coach listening into this, you know that shelf that you've got, which is full of those books that you've bought, which you have never read. There's plenty of stuff there which you can just um, dip into and have a read of. Try and make yourself a bit uncomfortable. Try and challenge yourself a bit more. And through that, I believe that you'll start having a few more breakthroughs. You'll start challenging yourself and move yourself forward a bit more.
0: How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, Focus on Why.